Hey, I told you to do Biden. How we done lost a damn vote? We done lost a vote. That's gonna go to Trump. God damn. Ain't nobody worshiping them. But God damn it, Chris. We need somebody in there with motherfucking sense. Are you a freshman at the university? No, no. <laughs> I'm you look like no. a freshman. <laughs> well, thank you. I can do some shuffling too. Look out, man! What you going to do? Look out, boys! It's coming through. Yeah, man! What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. This is the Wake Up Show. I think this is my first coffee this week. Part of the Free Agent Lifestyle podcast here on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. We got a great show today, a little bit of a historic show. I was watching another show, and uh, this question popped up, and particularly by a probably someone who is new to this so-called sphere, all right, or this mantle space or this mantle sphere or whatever you want to call it, any color pill you want to call it. And um, I realized, you know, there's a lot of new people that have come in in the last two years. I have been a part of this so-called space since around 2015 and 2016 when I started doing my first bits of research and discovering people and discovering voices and uh, getting to know what this space really meant. Obviously, I started going through my divorce in like 2012, 2013. And um, despite popular opinion, people, I always try to reiterate this. It wasn't my divorce that sent me over here. It was um, getting back into relationships that sent me here. All right, everybody knows I credit the one young, young, she was 28 years old at the time, young attorney that I was dating and she was the one that got me digging for answers and questions of regarding dating. And despite the fact that I was going through this really tough divorce, it was not, it was not the divorce that sent me to the red pill. It was the dating after the divorce. And then I started to, to discover things about the marriage and divorce system. Then it was like a big, big, big awakening. So um, I always try to clear that up. A lot of people think that that's what sent me here. All right. It wasn't. It was dating. You know, they were like, oh, it was your marriage or ex-wife. No, it was the dating that sent me here. And then I started to discover a lot of things. So um, I think she would be considered a millennial. So I was dating a millennial, free spirit, very high level woman that I thought, oh, she would be the one I was thinking about marrying her. 
We were talking about it. We were all in the wonderful stages of it was crazy. Yes, yeah, the one I almost I tell you, man, it would have been. Yeah, she's a lawyer. She was she was that she would have got a ring. I mean, had I not discovered this space, I would have literally walked right into it. We would be divorced by now, by the way. I mean, without question, we would be divorced by by now. And I would be I would have be in my second divorce. All right. And so I would be trying to give you this talking about I went through my second divorce. Great. The kingdom come type of deal. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, a lot of people don't know that or they don't remember that. So anyway, it, that's how that's how significant this journey has been for me. And I was I'm very grateful that that experience, some of the things that she was doing while it would be manipulative, manipulative and toxic. Um, it, she wasn't an all bad person. She was just able to manipulate me. And I just wasn't armed with the information. And once I discover what, quote unquote, female nature is and what hypergamy is and what all of these things were by the earlier men that came before me. All right. I was able to figure it out and go, oh, wow, this is what's happening to me. Wait a minute. Hold up. And now I put the brakes on everything. And then I was going through my divorce as well. And I was able to get my eyes open about what happened. So what's happening now, you push back up seven, six, seven years later. All right. I'm now one of the voices that new people come in and hear. All right. And I'm sharing information that I learned from my own research from other people that have been doing this for a long time. And um, I started making my own videos around 2018. All right. So in that time, in that space, this sphere has grown in popularity. All right. A lot of the messages that we're able to say our predecessors weren't able to say at all. And we're going to talk about that. So thus. A lot of people you think are the main voices of this sphere. We're just a second, third wave of this sphere. All right. Um, this is why I oftentimes pay homage, pay homage to the men who came before us that faced a lot more uh, bite back from their message. All right. Which discouraged them from even spreading the message even further. So I pay a lot of homage to those guys. A lot of people also want credit and I never listen to them. All right. But um, I pay homage to those guys because they really helped me. Uh, uh, really fine-tune this message for this time in this space. But the people that you see that are popular now, they were probably just listeners back when other people were talking about this. And thus, we've taken some of those messages and made them a little bit better. Uh, what's happening is a lot of new people are coming in and they're having this question. They're going, now, wait a minute. You know, listen, you got Coach Greg Adams over here saying, don't get married. There, he's got to be a reason. He must be bitter and hurt. You got this guy over here saying this, this guy over here saying this. And the new people are going, why don't men just fight for fairer laws in the family court? Okay. And so this to me is a new question. It's a question that literally indicates that you're new here, which is not a slight on you. I don't want to say that you're just new and you're a new booty and you don't know what you're talking about. What we're going to do is explain why I have the position of trying to fight for fairness in the family court is a futile battle. It's a lost battle. It's a lost cause. It's a lost cause. It's a waste of time. And we're going to show you why it's a waste of time based on using history as I present it. All right. So, and, and many people can bring their own history into this, if you know, um, but we're going to show you why men in this space, and particularly men who have said they're MGTOW, or they have gone a certain their own way. We're going to explain why they're saying they're going their own way. All right. We're going to explain why they're not at the family court building protesting. Okay. We're going to explain why men 
uh, by gathering up an effort of men to change the family laws as a strategy to change the direction of marriage, divorce, and fairness, and to prevent divorce graping and, and child custody, uh, bitter battles in, in child support. We're going to show you exactly why men have chosen not to do that and why your question is 15, 20 years too late. Okay. We're going to show you why. And unfortunately, a lot of people who have uh, discovered these spaces in the last, let's say, two to three years have probably stumbled upon somebody that said they're a MGTOW, right? And they probably said, boy, these people are, these people are rebels. These people have taken it to the full extreme. But people don't understand that MGTOW was a response to the MRA movement, which we're going to kind of dive into. It was a response in which MGTOW figured out, they were like, dang, we don't want what happened to them to happen to us. And so you will see MGTOW guys basically say things like hold the line, all right? Uh, you will see them not waver. You will see them stand on their square. You will see them say, we ain't moving. We're going to tell you why they say that. We're going to show you exactly why. And then we're going to give you three reasons why the fight for family fairness, family fairness or family court fairness is a lost cause. We're going to give you three reasons why. All right. So anyway. Let's get into these super chats. This is going to be an important show. I don't know if it's going to be a popular show. But it's going to be an important show, all right, because a lot of people really want to answer to this question, all right? Uh, shout out to Warhammer. He says, my bachelor my bachelor pad is finally finished, free agent. How you feeling, brother? He's feeling good, and he got the smell of the junior college <laughs> coming in there, all right? Smelling like summer's eve in here. All right, shout out to this. All right, shout out to Simon Small. Thank you for being here yet again and again and again. All right, Raul says, philosophical question, coach, how important do you think it is for men to experience trauma, if at all, and at what age? Uh, I'm going to say we are, our civilization of men are some of the luckiest men that have ever walked the planet Earth. All right, I'm going to just let you guys know right now. And comfort, comfort does sometimes, what is this? There's a saying, uh, comfort does breed weak men. And men have become men have become weak, all right, because we've been so comfortable. You got to think in past civilizations, it was almost a no brainer, depending on if you were part of the clergy or I'm not the clergy, the uh, the elites, the noble society. If you weren't a part of that, your ass was at war. All right. No questions asked. They were grabbing your ass up, throwing you out there. Fight the Sparta, fight the lion. OK, you had no choice. We actually have somewhat of a choice now at this moment to not fight and we've had that for a la the last 50 years okay so uh there are men in the hood that grow up in broken homes who think that's very normal who got to go out there and gangbang i mean come on man as men we have it very easy so when we experience the little trauma that we experience now we fall apart we collapse all right we we experience a, we, we experience a little mental trauma and we we can't even take it Men in the Industrial Revolution had to really break their back and their necks, be exposed to chemicals, um, all kind of inhaling all kind of uh, fluids. They've been working since the age of 13, all right, nonstop, 60 hours a, a week. Come on, man. Um, it, it's it's crazy. So I think what happens is we've been so weakened as men, uh, you know, and we saved a lot of men's lives. So that that's a good thing. A lot of men have saved their lot. Men had their lives saved, but also. We can't experience trauma, right? We can't handle things like Juicy Smollett. 
Juicy Smollett goes to jail for two hours and he goes in there and acts a fool and they let him out. So I guess, you know, my answer to that question is men have been experiencing trauma for a quite a long time. All right. And uh, for the most part, they've been doing experiencing trauma at a very young age. And they've been able to learn how to get through these traumas just by having to be a producer. Anyway, before I continue with the Super Chats, I got to remind you, the Bracket Challenge. Right now, it's your last opportunity to get in, brothers. Your last opportunity to get in the Bracket Challenge. I think we got almost 70 people in the Bracket Challenge. So if you do the maths over there, man, that's an opportunity for you to win quite a bag, all right? That's an opportunity for you to win quite a bag, all right? So let me see here. Yeah, man, y'all can come away with about 1400 bucks on the table right now, all right? Hey, get in here if you get a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, all right? And everybody pay y'all bill, all right, when you get over there. You don't be just throwing brackets in, all right? Get your bill paid. Um, So it's an opportunity for y'all to win quite a bag. You got a couple of hours here. You got like an hour left, all right, before the tournament tips off. So get your bracket in, all right? So let's see here. And we'll have fun over the next couple of weeks with this competition. Um, Shout out to Raul for that question. Coach Junior says paying Homage, homage to my man, Tom Likas, man. Peace. Tom Likas is a legend, a beast. Unfortunately, many people have learned about Tom Likas when it was way too late. A lot of people found out about Tom Likas when it was way too late. All right. I remember his name. I remember him in the Rush Limbaugh days. He was kind of, you know, trying to be a Rush Limbaugh type of guy. Shock jock and get into the political arena. I remember him then. And that I didn't know he made that transition into, um, uh, talking about relationships for quite a long time, 15, 20, 30 years. If you think you're tired of me talking about relationships, okay, Tom Like has made a whole career out of it for 15, 20, 30 years. He's kind of still doing it. He lost his voice. Uh, but yeah, Tom Likas is a legend. The actual King Smith yesterday's evening stream was hilarious. It's the funniest one you've had put out, in my opinion. Here's a gallon of that California gas for the 9-11. Thank you, sir. All right, we were having fun. Yesterday was definitely fun. All right, uh, talking about the. <sighs> Appreciate that. Oh, my goodness. Clifford Jones is in the building. Hey, coach, smoking this feral, feral pig from Drew Estate this morning with 10 toes up. Appreciate you, sir. Oh, my goodness. You in the building, man. Um, That sounds fantastic. You live in the dream, man. All right. Ricky Webster message definitely approved CGA French toast props. Do I appreciate you guys coming through, man, all the time and being here and supporting this. You guys keep this message going for these men. Oh, where's the link to the bracket challenge? Oh, man, I didn't put the link up. All right. So the link is in the previous video, but I'll see if I can make some time to get here. I'll, I'll get it up here in one minute. So uh, bracket challenge link is going to be here. I'll have it in the description box in T minus. Just give me about 35 seconds. All right. 35 seconds. I'll do it. All right. We'll do it over here. We'll do it. Do it. Do it. Now, what you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to the beat. All right. Y'all don't know about that. Y'all young heads. See, I am the one, the mic, and I got to say hello to the black, to the purple, the green, and the yellow, and the brown. I can't remember the rest. All right, shout out to D. Cole. D. Cole is in the building. Shout out to D. Cole back again. And higher image status is back. And he says, Simpanzee, Pete Davidson's brands 
Kim K name on self. So he put Kim K's name. Oh boy. This is the first piece of good peace leave he probably ever had. He he did. So um, let's get into this one. Um, and it kind of brings this up because Kanye West is going through this, you know, the stage of where he's figuring out how unfair the laws are to him. And he's talking about 50-50 court. He's talking about joint custody. A lot of people, some people are siding with him, their team yay. Some people think he's acting up. Some people don't realize that um, um, that he's headed to potential danger by continuing to act out in the way he is, unfortunately. If he doesn't get some somebody to help him calm him down and redirect his intentions, his intentions into the right area. I don't know if he's enough to make some sort of change that people are depending on, but in reality, guys, it's a little too late. I hope to tell you, man, listen, for you hope strategists, for you hope strategists, let's get real. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. Too late, baby. Bye-bye. Hey, guys, it's far too gone. Shout out to Counselor with three L's. It's far gone. And this is why you have MGTOW. We're going to give you the history of what's up. Take a look at this video. It's going to be very tough. I know this video was very hard to listen to. But listen to this video and we'll provide some commentary after that. And if you would like to be married to your baby's father. One. <laughs> the rest of you who don't plan to get married why don't you plan to get married i'd like to know that you you already have your child to think about and then a, a whole family to care to care for you know it's it's a lot of responsibility and then you don't want the commitments i wouldn't want no man holding me down because i, I think i can make it as a single parent I, I think I can make it as a single parent. But don't you think you might need help in raising that baby from a man? Not really. I didn't have a father. My father wasn't in the home. So, you know, it, it really, male figures are not substantially important in the family. Well, 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 you know, times haven't changed. A lot of young women and young mothers have had that attitude specifically. And only to find out it is a hard task to raise a child. And then ultimately say, well, the man left. He didn't want to be a part of the family, but he was pushed out. He may have been pushed out for a bevy of reasons. Maybe she said, I can get some money from this one. And a lot of people will rake in an extra $1,500 a month and think that that is a significant come up because they didn't have to do anything. But $1,500 a month, if I made that this month, I'd be bankrupt pretty quickly. All right. Um, you can't live off that type of money, but people will live off that type of money and claim that they have some sort of life. Now, in this situation here, let's go through a little bit of history. That's not a mystery. This is the reality of the situation here. Let's look at the history of cu child custody laws in America. In a point where marriage was somewhat common, uh, divorce was least common. And um, it says right here, what part do I want to read? This is the part I want to read right here. They're talking about inequities in child custody statutes and whatnot. And so people are familiar with the custody laws as they exist today, which are unfair, but they're getting a little bit more fair, but they're still not all the way fair. Now, pr prior to the Industrial Revolution, it was common for fathers to gain custody of the child following a divorce. All right. Even in our country. Yes, it was common for fathers to get custody of the children following a divorce. Let's take a look right here. 
when colonial Americans settled in the United States, they followed in English common law that granted father's custody of the children following a divorce. All right. So this is how far we've come since that particular time in our country. But with the rise of the Industrial Revolution, this is why I always talk about Industrial Revolution, because it was very pivotal in the direction change of our country for a lot of reasons. More fathers began leaving their farms and villages for work, leaving mothers behind to take care of kids. This is where the image of fathers as wage earners and mothers as caregivers began to emerge and influence custody decisions. In 18 and 39, England enacted the Custody of Infant Acts, which allowed judges to use his own discretion in custody cases. The act permitted a mother to petition court for custody of her children up to age seven, up to age seven. So fathers were get primary custody uh, awarded after a divorce. Then in 1839, the custody of infant acts, the mother could petition the court to get children because they were young and they said it would be better for children, young children to be with the mother. In 1873, Parliament extended the age to 16. So it went from age 7 to 16. And then under the, this is obviously in, um, in, um, in England, and we followed the, as it said right here, we followed English common law. Okay, so here. Um, Parliament extended the age to 16 under the, quote, tender years doctrine, which we might go over, which presumed that in a child's earlier years, they are better cared for by their mother. The principle was adopted by the majority of the U.S. states and the laws reigned for the next century. All right. So there you go right there. Now, as I as I quote that, we're going to go ahead and play this video one more again so you can see how far we fell off from that being a good decision. And if you would like to be married to your baby's father, one. <laughs> the rest of you who don't plan to get married, why don't you plan to get married? I'd like to know that. You you already have your child to think about and then a, a whole family to care, to care for. You know, it's, it's a lot of responsibility. And then you don't want the commitments. I wouldn't want no man holding me down because I, I think I can make it as a single parent. I, I think I can make it as a single parent. But don't you think you might need help in raising that baby from a man? Not really. I didn't have a father. My father wasn't in the home. So, you know, it, it really, male figures are not substantially important in the family. And there you go right there. So we went and escalated to where the women get primary custody, tender years doctrine for the next 100 years following 18 and 73-ish. Going into the 1970s, it was presumed that the mother would be a pet better caregiver. This is a new thought compared to how long we've lived in this civilization. Prior to that, it was like, no, the kids go with the father. Okay, so this is a grand change in the history of our country. People don't realize how significant that is. Let's go back to the research and the evidence here. Okay. Now you go back to custody. It says as divorce rates began surging in the 1960s, began surging in the 1960s and the following decades into the 70s, 80s and 90s, a new debate emerged about the parental roles of each parent. Fathers rights groups grew more prevalent 
which gave rise to a movement for gender equality. Okay, go figure. And if you wanted to know the rise of uh, divorce and marriage by the 1960s, you can just investigate it right here. The U.S. divorce rate over the past century, as you can see, divorce least common. And then as marriage became a little bit more common, so did divorce. Big spike here in the Great Depression, then a dip after the Depression, and then a major spike going into the 1960s with the uh, introduction of the feminist movement and so the and and um and and uh, no fault divorce and 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 um you got the uh, feminist movement going in here. Then as women went into the workplace a lot more, the divorce rates and the marital rate began to go down into what we have now. So people will celebrate that the U.S. divorce statistics are going down, but also marriage is going down as well. So never, ever say the divorce rates are going down. We're winning. Nope. We're actually losing marriages at the same time. And it's a consequence. The divorce rate is a consequence. Um, divorce rate declining is a consequence of less marriage. All right. So anyway, getting back to the uh, shared screen here with the information, uh, it says here, eventually the tender years doctrines were replaced by a more inclusive, but more vague quote, best interest of the child, which you've been through a custody hearing. You've heard that before this granted judges an extraordinary amount of discretion in determining what was in the best interest of the child or the child's best interest when determining custody. It also opened the door for bitterly contested custody battles. Now, why did those custody battles happen? And why did the judge tend to still, even with the gender equality being pushed, why did they still give custody to the mother? Well, look no further than the Title IV D child support laws, all right? So now, once a judge can get a back-end payment, for giving custody and setting child support um, uh, modification or child support um, standards onto a man, the judge gets a little bit of a kickback, and then the state gets a kickback from the federal government and the Social Security Administration. So then, even in the best interest of the child, it's still overwhelmingly went over to the mother. Now, also, men also gave over custodial rights in order to pursue their careers. And then women overwhelmingly took custodial rights, even though they wanted to pursue their own careers only. So I could focus on my career. Only to complain that they can't pursue their career because they have too much custody. What a cluster F that we got in. It says right here, the rise of the best interest standard also led to the birth of joint custody in which the parents began sharing custody of their children. This was aided by a couple cultural developments from First, in the 1970s, the child development field. All right, hold on for a second. And graduated from college with my bachelor's at 20 with a degree in communication sciences with an emphasis in speech and language pathology. Mostly women in this field, mostly pushing feminist propaganda, but I, that's neither here or there. They said the child development field began paying more attention to the important contributions to fathers that fathers can make in a child's development, which is true, but also double-edged sword. They also were trying to get women to be more career oriented and so thus give the woman less custody so she can focus on her career. So I could focus on my career. It says right here, second, family gender roles started shifting with more women joining the workforce. As you can see, it walks hand in hand. It wasn't that they were trying to get fathers more custody, 
just on morality. They were trying to get more women to be in the workplace and get careers and go to college as well. So they were like, they can't do it if they got 90% custody, okay? In 1979, California passed the first joint custodial statute. By 91, 19 and 91, more than 40 states had statutes with joint custody as an option or a preference. So this idea of co-parenting is brand new child development, feminism, socialism, whatever agenda that you want to uh, attribute to this particular thing now has given rise to joint custody and co-parenting, which still we don't even have the statistics on how good this works, but it's basically splitting hairs so people can get this agenda push. All right. So uh, joint custody was very much a not uh, a, a non-factor until these years. Uh, let's see here. It says custody, child custody norms have changed dramatically in the year six. One of the largest surveys of child custody cases, which looks at the court order placement arrangements in Wisconsin between 1996 and 2007, shows that the percentage of divorce cases, which the mother was granted sole custody, fell from 60% to 45%, while the percentage of equal shared custody cases near nearly doubled. All right, so... um. You know, the courts don't have time for all of these cases anymore and these bitter court battles. They're like, look, just split the kid in half already. Flaws remain until recently. Uh, nearly all child custody was divided into custodial and non-custodial, which the custodial parent received custody the majority of the time, including child support. And then uh, the non-custodial parent only received visitation. So that's just a background law of what we're talking about here. Most of the stuff that we deal with in today's family court, even, even though it's unfair, is fairly new. These are fairly new things and developments in our country. And this is why we have this rift between the genders. All right. And this is a this is a breakdown of the tender years doctrine in which most of the child custody cases were settled on prior to the joint custody and the feminist movement and so, so forth and so on. But let's get down to, to the real nitty gritty of why men are no longer trying to change the laws that are on the books. Men are changing the laws in their mind. Shout out to Mr. Palmer. Men are changing the laws by not participating in marriage because of all of this. And let's explain what's going on here. Men's rights groups, everything you need to know about men's rights groups. See, there's what people don't know, the new people here, the new people that come here and say, we should march down to the family court. We should get the politicians. We should get the politicians to change laws. Guys, I'm sorry to tell you, there were already men that did this. Men have already done this, and we're going to show you the results of what happened to these men. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? This is where you're going to get your lesson. Because the world is not ready for a men's rights groups organization, okay? They don't care about men's rights. All right, so here it is. Let's go down uh, right here. Um, and we'll make this a little bit larger. Men's rights movements, and particularly the MRA, men's rights uh, advocates, started in response to the second wave of womanism. By the 1980s, some men were considering the need to champion men's rights without being socially conservative or anti-feminist. They tried to do it the right way. They were like, look, we don't hate women. We just want fairness of the law. We don't hate you. We love you. Many of these men were married, divorced, and then they got remarried, only to probably get re-divorced later. 
but men were trying. Look, look, look at the banners. Look, they got the banners out. They're marching. All right, familiar sight. You don't see this now because men have tried this. It says some of the key issues that brought rise to it included child custody, child support obligations, alimony, female on male domestic violation, negative masculinity, and a draft requirement. All right, all the things that we discussed today, men's rights movements and men's rights um, advocates have already tried to go this way. And it says, just like the womanist groups, most members of men's rights movement, social uh, movements stood for equality for both genders. Most of these activists agreed on choice for women. However, they disagreed with women's rights when they failed to consider men's rights. So they're not saying take away women's rights. They're saying, hey, don't do it in the absence of trampling over our right. Men's groups believe that both genders needed to make decisions that promote maximum win-win situations for both sexes. In the past, men's rights movement struggled to get the publicity it needed to reach greater heights. Go figure. Who would have known? The media is not going to support you. Who would have known other feminist groups would say, yeah, let's be fair. Let's, let's meet with the men's rights groups and work out fairness. No, we're going to tell you what they did to those guys. On the other hand, if you're looking for information about a men's retreat, then, okay, we got that right there. It says right here, Today's advances in technology have brought rise to the internet-based, quote, manosphere that comprises of a community of men's rights groups, blogs, and publications. These, uh, these offer a platform for members to rant, share, and learn from each other. This is what we do here. While most men's rights movement groups are associated with male supremacy approaches, all right, some of these online uh, support groups offer a non-misogynist approach to support while others do not. All right, so they're talking about what men's rights groups believe. And I'll read this real briefly. Activists argue that society has become biased and sexist against men. They also argue that men face discrimination from the media, government, and Supreme Court for being male. Men's rights groups fight. They fight. They fight, 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 fight. They fight against custody laws that favor mothers than fathers, violence against men, false grape allegations, disproportionate male prisons, prison sentencings, unless you're Justice Smollett, and conscription. For instance, whenever a female is overlooked over a role in the office, the company is deemed as discriminatory. However, when a male colleague loses a position to a female worker, it is deemed normal. These are some of the inequalities men's rights groups strive to address. On the other hand, if you look at, okay, um, and they talk about the red pill, and it says, who is part of these groups? Why are these men's rights groups so controversial? Uh-oh, let's go ahead and give them a... Now you're going to find out what it means to organize as men and fight. Now you're going to get it, because I know you want to get it. You want to know why we don't get together like this. You wonder why Kevin Samuels doesn't get up in front of a group of men like this and then have all the men lined up in chairs like this. You're going to find out. You're going to find out the hard way right here. How dare you? Oh, yeah. Because what we're asking for is fairness, and they're going to say, no, that's controversial. Men's rights groups have faced, have been facing, wait, men's rights groups have been faces with a lot of bashing. It should be faced. Sorry. Men's right, that's, I didn't misspell that. Men's rights groups have been faced with a lot of bashing from women's groups. From women's groups. 
not the media, from the women themselves, their groups, their groups promoting what they want. The women's groups are like, nope, nope, including the National Organization for Women for having links to some of the most notorious male criminals in America. Oh, according to the story covered by uh, the New York Times, Elliot Rogers, 22-year-old gunman on Achilles Spree in California, was linked to a men's rights movement group. He was found to be a frequent member of online groups and websites leading to the mass deletion. One of the most popular men's rights groups by a popular blogger, a voice for men, advocates ending rape and domestic violence hysteria. The founder, Paul Elam, who has been in here for a long time, he probably still produces video, videos here, have become a household name in the modern men's rights movement. Members of the men's rights groups have also been found responsible for spamming an anonymous actual assault reporting service in a university and trolling womenist writers online, including sending rape and death threats. Oh, boy. Because of all the negative aspects associated with men's rights groups and movements, most people see it as a hate group, as opposed to a liberation movement. Some critiques believe that it is wrong for men, especially white men, to be part of a men's rights group because contrary to this popular belief, they are not marginalized. On the other hand, I always read this. They always direct us there. And then they say it's feminism linked to men's rights groups. They deny that. Are they reliable? Men, are there reliable men's rights groups? They kind of go into that. I'll try to, uh, I'll, I'll never really put my sources in the description box. I'm like, y'all can find it. All right, y'all can find it. But here's what we're doing. Now we're seeing them go, yeah, man, these guys are, these guys are bad news. These guys are bad news. We should not be pushing for these men's rights groups. They should not have a voice. They're not disenfranchised. And you white men, you sit down. You're part of the problem. You're part of the patriarchy. Even the people who are pushing for equality, they're stamping down the voices of the men's rights groups and they're framing them as what? You guys are terrorists. You guys are misogynists. You guys hate women. You guys, you hate your mom, okay? They're doing the same thing. And a lot of these men's rights group individuals, these MRAs, all right, they were framed as terrorists. You can go on one website. I won't even promote it. But you can look up on this website, and these websites classify different people as a terrorist. There are certain MRA members that are on that list, and all they did was come out here and make YouTube videos, okay? All they did was organize men to change and fight for family laws, all right? Many of these men's rights groups were infiltrated by what we call the second wives groups. So what would happen is, and we're seeing this now in the sphere. And this is kind of a warning shot to a lot of people who follow men on these in this sphere who bring women along in or they're using women to get their clout. All right. Or whatever, whatever, if you will. And the warning is this was how the Men's Rights Association or activists were basically infiltrated and blown up. OK, this is how it happened. The second wives of the men who love their women. They claim to love women. They claim to want marriage. They got divorced. These men got one divorce and they remarried. But they wanted fairness in their first custody. They wanted fairness in their child support. And the women that they remarried also became part of the men's rights advocacy. And so if you listen to older boomers that are on here, you know, like Paul Elam and shout out to him and his work and all of these people. 
what will happen is you'll see women, older women that agree. They'll often be paired up with older women. So it'll be an old MRA and an old woman. And they'll be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. They'll be in agreement. And what, what happened was these second wives basically got into the group because they didn't like the first wife because the first wife was causing the second household, the second wife to lose money. The second wife was losing money because a lot of the household income was going back to the first wife. So she got remarried, not knowing what the family laws were. And then all of a sudden she's exposed to the family laws when all she wanted to do was marry this man. And then her income's being considered and then her income's being considered for using child support to support the first wife. And what happened? She got angry. The second wives who came into the MRA, they got angry at the system. And so they were going, we need to change the system. Why? Because it affected their bottom line. However, inviting this group in had these people not continued their marriages, which second marriages almost overwhelmingly in the divorce. But what happened is when these marriages would implode, you now have the second wife with all the information they need. Okay. Now they have all the information they need to then label you as a terrorist, as a problem. So when they're taking their second husband to divorce, they're like, and he's part of the MRA. Okay. So you see how complicated it gets when you bring people in, you provide them with information, then they can go out and pick out every one of the people who are responsible. They can trace, they can connect the dots, they can cross the lines, they can draw the T's, they can do, they can dot the I's, they they can they can point out who's who, who's saying what, and they can go back over to their group of people and then point out who's who. Okay. Mm. <laughs> This is how crazy it happened. So when people have been warning you, particularly MGTOW people, people who have been telling you as content creators, I don't know if you guys should be having women in like this because this space was dedicated to men. When you have men all of a sudden pushing marriage out of the blue as if they were ignorant of what happened previously, then you got to question, what, what is going on? You're like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. This is what happened to the disruption of the MRA movement. It's this exact thing that you're doing today in order to get your bag up as a content creator, you're bringing people in and then you're opening up the space and then you're promoting marriage. All that's going to do is blow this up. Mm. <laughs> All you're going to do is bring in informants. All you're going to do is bring in more eyes that we don't need. Okay. So this is what's happening. This is why you see this split right now in the sphere where people are going, yeah, I like this guy, but but he's doing what we just previously did. And we're doing what we previously did to disrupt the entire uh, movement. Now, these people are going to come in and they're going to be able to call out names, point names, inform, uh, disrupt, distract. Whatever you think, they're going to be a subversion from within, subversion from within, and it is what it is. If you're mad at this, if you're mad at this, then you don't understand how it works. This is the same thing as what the other problem is, because this is problem number one, why men don't fight. The, we are, Men already fought, and they were labeled terrorists already. So that's reason number one. We're going to get to reason number two, and it's simps. All right, it's men who really, really, really want to get married. They really don't want to hold the line. 
men who really, really want to change women. Okay. Which is a problem. We already telling you guys, you're not going to change them. And ladies, I like where you are, but there's guys here who just really want to get married and they're taking these so-called talking points and they're going over to women with the information to try to change them. And what they're doing is they're going to beat women over the head with this information that people have compiled for years. And they think women are going to go, oh, I get it now. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. You don't want me to drag you. Yes, we'll fight for we'll fight for you two men. And you get a couple of women that will do it. And surprisingly, surprisingly, we'll talk about the 19. Surprisingly, not all women agree with feminism. Some of them take the benefits of it, but not all of them agree with it. And at, so at some point, you will get some women that have a sympathetic ear. You will get them to say, yeah, I agree up into a point. And then when that point is reached, now the information that you gave them, they can use against you. We've been telling you about pillow talk. We've been telling you about Samson and Delilah. We've been telling you pillow talk is not good. Giving them this information to change them is not good. It does no good. The best way to change is to walk. The best way to change is to boycott. The best way to change is to not get married until they have to force the change. Not having the women change because that's never going to happen. Okay, and I'm not talking negative, but what I'm talking about is we've already been here. We've already done that, guys. We've already been there. We already done that. The men that tried that end up being still labeled as just as bad as the other. And last point on this, and I'll do the super chats. Last point on this. If anybody in this space thinks they're above, you think now you're going to walk out of the red pill because you're famous. Or you're going to say, well, I ain't a part of this group. All right. Which I, there's no group, by the way. There's a point in the article that I was going to read. There is no group. There's no leader. There's no organization. People just lump you in. And I've tried to tell PUAs this in relation to MGTOW. They've been always going in MGTOW's necks. And I'm like, one thing you don't understand is you're all the same as far as everyone else concerns. As far as everyone else is concerned, you're all the same. You'll never be able to disassociate yourself from the group because by you're guilty by association. If you're going on other people's pages that are part of this sphere, you're in the sphere. If your videos are suggested along with people who are watching other content creators and then your videos pop up and then people from that group are over there commenting on your page and so forth and so on you're in the group whether you like it or not you gotta change your whole damn act you would have to change your whole damn name at this particular point for you to not associate yourself so i used to tell puas i'm like hey listen when it comes to mgtow you need to let off because the reality is you're part of that group too if somebody from the outside comes in you're in the group, whether you like it or not. You're the same voice because you probably agree on 90% of the same thing. You're in the same boat. So I hear a lot of people recently, I ain't in the, I ain't in the sphere and I ain't in the black man's sphere and I ain't in this. Oh, you could claim that all you want, but it doesn't matter what you consider yourself a part of. It matters what everybody else on the outside considers you. And the reality is you sound just like everybody else to an outsider piece. All right. <laughs> anyway. I hate telling men this and waking your ass up, all right? But I'm here to slap the sense out of you guys. And, and, and all of these people arguing, all of these men arguing against other men philosophically, that's all fine and dandy. Philosophers have been always against other philosophers. But the reality is you guys are all the same. They lump you in all the same, all right? If a woman came in 
and listen to one video to the next, despite the fact that you think you have a philosophical difference between other men here, they don't see no difference. They see zero difference in what you're saying from the next. So take that and put that in your pipe and smoke it. All right. And if you want to really e e evade the red pill and evade the space in the manosphere, change your damn name, change your content, change everything about it, or just go ahead and just get lumped in by everybody else. Period. All right. I, I, I love it. I ain't in no, I ain't no manosphere. I ain't in the red pill. Yeah, you are. All right. You don't get to determine that. Unfortunately. You don't get to determine that. All right. As long as you're associating with people of that sphere, you're in it. <laughs> oh my goodness anyway <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about Who? oh my god you know what anytime somebody say that they just get hit alright so anyway trading waves did I get that already he says coach have you ever gone to a game and actually approached a player to pitch your YouTube channel I think the only the only way these athletes can change is you may have to bring the game to them. No, 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 no. There, I have a few NFL players and NBA players that follow me. Families of NBA players, um, um, that follow me. I, you know, on Instagram and whatnot. So they're aware, but that's the wrong direction. That's the wrong way to go. I mean, you know, we've seen celebrities all uh, come over here, but they're only going to come over here in a certain point. All right, they're only going to come in here to a certain point, and they don't have to take this, right? He says they ninja watch. Yeah, they, they ninja watch, but they, they're only going to take this up to a certain point because in their best interest is still marriage. Their best interest is still, um, their best interest is still being blue pill. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it is what it is, right? Uh, let's see here. Raul, thanks, coach. I agree. My father and grandfather had it 20 times worse than I could have ever imagined it. But those type of men are demonized for being toxic men until they need those toxic men, toxic men to help them. They need their toxic men to help them. And then 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 this all of a sudden masculinity is not toxic. But that's the way it goes. I think, guys, you can you can try to win people over with the information. This is why I haven't gone over. I could have easily gone over. Okay, let me go on over and bring women on board. You know, I could have gone that way. I think only one or two people have made made that very good. They've made it good. They've made a good. They got a good result out of it. Meaning they got more views out of it. Most everybody else thinks they're good at it and they're not. They're only hurting the situation. They're not helping. <laughs> but they think they're helping because they get on here and debate and yell and scream at women and try to get them to understand. I mean, nah, I mean, you could do it for comedy. You could do it for views, but if you're doing it to make a point and debate, it's it's useless. It's useless. We'll talk about that. DG Seymour is in the building. The best thing, DG Seymour is in the building. ACDC help coach. I'm on leave, so I went back home. My neighbor, is who is 19 and I'm 28, is looking bad and trying to throw it at me, but I've known her since she was six. Man, what, what's the problem here? <laughs> I don't know what. She legal, bro. What the? I mean, look, you in your head too much. <laughs> but if she's a neighbor, if she's a neighbor, I don't mess with neighbors. I have a policy against neighbors. That's the only thing I see there. 
All right. Other than that, uh, I'm always with some woman that um, that always is intrigued. What year did you graduate high school or college? And I tell them, she was like, oh, I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> oh, I was two years old when you graduated college. Yes, indeed. <sighs> that happened the other day. I had a 25-year-old Jane in here, right? She's like, what year did you graduate college? I was like, 1998. She's like, oh, my God. I was two years old then. <laughs> but neighbors, I don't mess with neighbors. I have a policy against neighbors, all right? Neighbors. That's too close to home. <laughs> no neighbors, no co-workers. Yeah, don't, don't mess with neighbors. If you're going to screw them over, don't do it. It's going to mess up your whole game. Raul, he says, got to give Sizzo and the best mods of YouTube's their flowers. Abdul gets the rocks. Shout out to Sizzo in the building, man. Appreciate you, brother. Oh, man. All right, Classy Beat says, I hope. He says, I had no idea judges get kickbacks from certain cases. That is insane. <laughs> Guys, this is what we've been trying to tell you. Where's the, uh, Mr. Palmer? Mr. Palmer breaks this down. The judge get, guys, judge get kickbacks from a variety of places. First of all, many judges are voted in. These are judges outside the family court. But also, judges get kickbacks and in, in, in payments from bar associations. So from the bar association, sometimes, uh, and, and other lawyers send judges on vacation, bro. <laughs> Come on, man. We got to understand how the laws work. So me as a bar association participant, because all lawyers probably have to be a part of the bar association to keep these laws going. It's a game for them. It's a circular game. They all kind of working in concert against the, the ham and eggers. So if I want to appoint a certain judge, I'm going to fund that judge's campaign. I'm going to get behind that judge's campaign. I'm going to donate to that campaign. And then once I get into the courtroom, I'm going to try to get favor. This is why this is why lawyers are scared of judges. And this is what makes you think you should be scared of a judge. Like you should be scared of a judge up to a certain point. But when you come into court and you see lawyers tiptoeing around, it's because they got to see that judge 50 times. You only seen that judge once. You know what I mean? You be like, whatever. Okay. You only need favor in your one particular case. But you ain't going to see that judge again for the most part. So you ain't got to really tiptoe around that judge. You can tell him. You could tell him to go kiss your ass. I mean, you, I wouldn't do it, but you could. But lawyers can't because they're tied in together. They got to tiptoe around. If they tell them to kiss their ass for your case, that means every case after that, they're going to lose. So they can't. They can't tell the judge to kiss their ass. They're not going to die on the sword. Lawyers are not going to die on the sword for you. And then thus, the Bar Association sends these judges, these attorneys send these judges as gifts on vacations so that when their case comes up and the judges, have you ever been in court? Have you ever been in court? And your attorney walks up to the judge and they just chummy. Hey, how's it going? How you been? How's your family? You looking like. And the other issue is that judges were former attorneys. Many of them had to be attorneys before they were a judge in order to be a judge. So many of them have worked together already as attorneys, as clients, as, as um, litigants. They've worked against each other. So now they're up there. Hey, how's it going? They've known each other for, for years and decades. And here you are looking up 
they all getting kickbacks, okay? Not all, but that's how the system works. An attorney can send a judge on vacation to the Bahamas. And then when the case comes up and they see that attorney in court, oh, hey, yeah, how's it going? Yeah, how's your, how's your case going? Come on, man. <laughs> People got to know how the system works. This is why you don't get, okay, this is why you don't become a part of the system. This is why you don't get involved, okay? And this is what we're trying to tell you. You don't get involved for that reason alone. You're on the outside. One person framed it as you're going on their ship. You're volunteering to go on their ship. And what happens on their ship, um, somebody broke that down. I can't remember who it was. I think it was um, Amin Osiris, one of those type of guys, maybe another guy. But the, the courtroom's designed like a ship, all right? And you go onto their ship, you volunteer to go on their ship, and their ship is the rule. That's, what, that's, the, that's the only rules that apply. So, man, that's why you don't get, that's why you don't commit crimes. This is why you don't, you know, for most of, mostly, if you get married, you're volunteering to be a part of this. Yeah, maritime law. So maritime law is what, what somebody needs to explain that. I can't explain it well. But maritime law is what they're practicing. So you're getting on to their, uh, going on to their ship. Thank you for that. Who said that? One white pony. Thank you, DJ Trip. Maritime law. So this is what you guys got to understand. Do not get commit crimes. If you get a parking ticket, you can fight it or you can just pay it and just go whatever. It's you guys got to know how the system works. You're you're the cog in the system. You you make the system go, and then they are all working in concert against you. <laughs> and then you become a part of the you become part of the 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 industrial complex, which is the prison industrial complex. You become voluntary slave. You become voluntary uh, payee to whatever part, non-custodial parent, custodial parent. You come become payee to the attorneys who then kick the money back to the judges, kick some back to the judges, and then kick back some to the bar association, kick back some to the politicians. Come on, man. It's a game. This is why you don't become part of that game. And this is where, this is why we're telling you the only way to, to change it is not participating. We're not saying this because we don't like women. We're saying it's so far out of control, you're not bringing it back. They don't care who's getting screwed, to be honest with you. If I want to be 100% fair, if women were the primary owners and they were the masculine and they were the ones getting screwed in divorce court, do you think they would care? I honestly don't think they would care who's the one getting screwed in the end. However, the way we grew up as a society, men are the ones that are going to get screwed. Okay. Because of what changed. And now, if you were just joining me, I actually showed you that at one point in history, it was common for fathers to get granted custody of children after a divorce, according to English common law. So women were the ones getting screwed. Again, it didn't matter who got screwed. Women were the ones getting screwed until they tried to push for a change. Now, I'm going to show you why it ain't going to change. It ain't going back to where women are going to want to get screwed. They're, they're not the ones getting screwed. Let me, before we go there, um, let's do a couple more. Maurice Hurd says, Coach, I'm going to Venmo you for the bracket challenge now, all right? 
You gonna let's go get you a bag. Let's go get you a bag. Gotta get my bag and run. <laughs> All right, Tommy Bryant, ACDC. Uh, does she got good feet? <laughs> he says, uh, we gotta pedalize coach over here. All right, pedalize yesterday. And this doesn't have anything to do with kids, it has to do with feet. All right. Uh, yeah, we gotta pedalize her. her how's her feet? I know they nice at 19. What'd you say? 19? Rusted junk gumps are pushing for marriage just like they are pushing electric cars. Nothing but unsustainable fantasies. He says, you're not going to change marriage. Court and the church already got that bag and ran. Gotta get my bag and run. <laughs> yeah, it's gone, guys. I, I'm sorry, man. You know, the few guys that are going to, you know, cape for marriage and the few guys are going to go get married. If you get divorced. Who's going to ensure? Are you going to come back to that content creator? Are you going to come back and say, hey, I was led astray? Hey, you didn't tell me. I mean, I would sue them. <laughs> and say, hey, you were the one pushed me into this. And now I got screwed. The only way to not get screwed in a marriage, once you get the commitment and the marriage license, is to comply and compromise to not get screwed, right? And that's you. Uh, Jay Flo, if you look close enough, you can see a man's soul leave his body at the family court. If you play the game, then you better know the rules. You better know the rules. And there's no changing the rules once you get married. Last one, coach, two weeks out from mediation, and my ex is broke. No lawyer needed, just your wisdom. Better listen up, coach gang. Coach, love you. Pause. Two weeks out from mediation. How she broke already? I got to honor the sponsor today. Stubbs, Stubbs has been gone for a minute. Keep the truth coming. Yes, indeed. Be Real Mahogany, shout out to you. Smurfs, Smurfs just like pain, suffering, gossip, and chaos. Has, uh, quote, unquote, content creators with half a million to a million subs recycle toxicity. I can never say that. Recycling toxicity. He says, since I joined the coach gang in 2018, you have offered solution, salvation, and abundance to self-greatness. And he says, uh, thank you for your existence. Amen. Shout out to you. Be Real Mahogany. Been here since 2018 when I was a struggle content creator. And I love how he says Smurfs. Let's get into the real, real. Why it's never going to change. So we got Gumps. Or no, we got we got the family law, how it changed. We got the, the character assassination of men's rights advocacy. So we got the history of the change. We showed you that it was changed. Fathers were winning. Then all of a sudden, it changed into mothers winning. They petitioned, petitioned, moved it from age seven for the Custody of Infants Acts. Then under the tender doctrine in 18, some 50 years later, they pushed it up from seven to 16. And then thus, the best interests of the child by the 1960s. And then they got rid of the tender years doctrine. And then the best interests of the child reigned supreme until somewhat uh, close to the 1990s, which joint custody now reigns supreme. But even with joint custody, they're still jacked up because you can get on child support and still be on joint custody. Let's talk about the 19th Amendment as to why it's never going to change, guys. This is why it's never going to change. Okay, so if you look at the years here that they're explaining, look at the years and what has coincided in those same amount of years. So you got 1839, 1873, 1960, all right, going into the women's movement in the 70s, going into now what we are present day, 1991. Well, during those years, 1920 in the United States, Congress passed and ratified the 19th Amendment that granted women's right to vote. 
Now, I'm not a guy that says repeal the 19th, but I'm just using this as a thorough explanation of why it's never going to change. Okay? It's never going to change back in favor of men. I don't care how much voting and, and marching you do. I don't care how many content creators come out here on YouTube. I don't care how much money you make as a content creator. I don't care how much you push marriage. It ain't never changing. I don't care how many women go get jobs and careers and marry low-level men. I don't care. It's never going to change. And this right here is why. 1920 ratified into law. Let's talk about some myths. Here's a myth about the women's right to vote. Not all women supported the women's right to vote. And they're going to tell you why. You're going to find this interesting. Some women opposed the 19th Amendment. And they went on record as to why they opposed it. And I'm going to explain to you why they opposed it. Just as women today don't represent a single unit voting block and don't always vote for female candidates, as we saw Kamala Harris, Kamala, some women in the late 1800s and early 1900s opposed extending suffrage. Some believe voting would distract women from their far more important roles as mothers and wives and, quote, ruin happiness in their home. Says Sally G. McMillan, a historian and author of Seneca Falls and the Origins of the Women's Rights Movement. So the same as we have here with the men's rights movement, not all men are on the same page. Similarly, not all women were on the same page and not all women are on the same page today. In addition, amid periods of a great wave of immigration back then, McMillan says some feared the political impact of extending the vote to immigrant women. So these were the elites saying, no, if we give these women the right to vote, then we'll get less. This is what's happening in our country today. Many anti-suffragists were upper-class female philanthropists who feared more women voting, voting would threaten their influence. Many of them uh, thought that gaining the right to vote would be a loss for them in terms of their power in the family, in their role as arbiters of moral and social purity, says Lauren McIver. Thompson, associations take weight. Associations taking that side of the argument sprouted upon uh, up nationwide in a 1909 publication. Boston women argued that the women of the day were quote already overburdened with duties which she cannot escape, and from which no one proposed to relieve her. Let's go ahead and reference this video once again. And if you would like to be married to your baby's father, one. <laughs> the rest of you who don't plan to get married, why don't you plan to get married? I'd like to know that. You, you already have your child to think about and then a, a whole family to care, to care for. You know, it's, it's a lot of responsibility. And then you don't want the commitments. I wouldn't want no man holding me down because... I, I think I can make it as a single parent. I, I think I can make it as a single parent. But don't you think you might need help in raising that baby from a man? Not really. I didn't have a father. My father wasn't in the home. So, you know, it, it really, male figures are not substantially important in the family. Okay. All right. You see that there? Uh, why did that stop? Hold on for a second. Oh, shoot. Where's my screen? Okay. So we're going to 
reshare this part right here going back. So you had some group of women say, hey, we got an important role here. We should take this away. If they take this away, then who's going to do this part? Who's going to raise the kids over here? Well, we now have that now as common. Strangers raise our kids. Wow then we've, we're taking women away from what they deemed as the important role for women. So I could focus on my career. And then not a lot of women are doing well in their careers, and they're also having their kids being raised by a stranger. The New Jersey Association op Opposed to Women's Suffrage argued that suffrage logically involves the holding of public office, meaning more women would have to serve in public office. Then she said which is inconsistent with the duties of most women. Others simply thought that suffrage wasn't the most pressing issue. Advocates for temperance and birth control thought such matters of protecting women's bodily freedom were more important. Okay, so they were like, this is not important. However, with that being said, let's go back. Why is it still important now? Because most people don't know this history. Everybody just thought all women would just support this type of thing. Unfortunately, that's not true, but that led us to here. Since women's suffrage, 1920, since the voting, since voting was allowed, look at what happened to marriage after that. Okay, let me go ahead and play the. Now, I'm drawing a line here, and I'm just saying cause and effect, okay? You might say, no, that's not true. Great Depression. Okay, you can come up with a variety of reasons. But I just referenced the periods here. As the women's suffrage and rights movement was pushing, by the time you look here, 1920, there was a slight dip for World War I, but a great explosion, obviously the Great Depression and World War II, then a great explosion again of divorce. Okay, so there's a correlation there. Why does that matter to you? This is the reason why it matters. Men and women in the U.S. continue to differ in voter turnout rate, party identification. Let's scroll down. This is why it will never change, and I want you guys to get it through your thick skull. Nothing's going to change legally because women outvote men. In some communities, it's very significant, the voter turnout. Let me just repeat that one more time. In some communities, this voter turnout is so significant that if we doubled our output, nothing would matter. And if you change the way you vote, you would get ridiculed. Hey, I told you to do Biden. How we done lost a damn vote? We done lost a vote. That's gonna go to Trump. <laughs> God damn! I'm worshiping these people like they're fucking God. Ain't nobody worshiping them. But God damn it, Chris. We need somebody in there with motherfucking sense. You don't even vote for vote independent. Vote that we done lost that can fucking go to Trump. This is why I don't do politics. I 
So one of the responses the young man said was, this is why I don't do politics. I will never vote again. Okay, so the women in, these women win no matter what. If he does vote, he she wants him to vote the way she wants to vote. If he doesn't vote, she wins because she turns out and he doesn't. We saw this in the previous elections. You're not black if you don't vote this way. We saw the voter turnout. Significantly more women voted instead of men. Let's go ahead and break down the statistics. The statistics on this. Historically, women have a slighter, slightly higher rate of voter, voter turnout than men. Percentage of eligible, eligible voters who say they voted by gender. So here's 1980 in which it was the last equal. It was the last equal voting between men and women, all right, according to this chart. That was 1980. By 84, women have never been the less voting populace. They have been ahead of men in every single election, every single election with the big one, McCain versus Obama. Now, that's significant. If you want laws to change and you're the least voting populace, it ain't going to happen. If you think politicians are pandering to women and voting laws in for women, well, here's the reason why. They turn out better, so it's only applicable or apt that a politician is going to lean towards women. Let's go down to where it goes into race. You'll be interested to hear that. It says here, the gender gap is widest, um, widest not whitest, Whitest amongst black voters, among whom whom the women have reported voting voting at higher rates than men consistently for the past 30 years. In 2016, 64% of eligible black women say they voted compared to 54% of eligible men. The gender gap among white voters was far smaller, three percentage points. Still, white men and white women were more likely to say they voted than their black counterparts, 67% of white women for 64% of white men. Hispanic women outvoted Hispanic men by five points in 2016. That was 50% to 45%. However, the gender gap among Hispanic voters has not been consistent at, the, at times in the past several decades. Hispanic men and Hispanic women have said they voted at roughly similar shares. Among Asian Americans, there has been no consistent gender gap as long as the trend has been measured. Due to the, to the relatively small size of Asian American sample, voter turnout data of Asian Americans only goes back to 1992. Um, let's go down here to political affiliation. Party identification differs widely by gender, sorry, especially amongst college graduates, gender gap and party identification. You'd be interested to see here that from 94 to 2018, men overwhelmingly, not overwhelmingly, have been more Republican based on the percentage of voters. However, when it goes down to women, they have overwhelmingly been Democrats. 
as you can see here. So when it looks like it, when it's up to vote, the majority of men are in favor of more conservative leaning people. But when it goes down to the women who are the majority voter, and this gap is widening, widening uh, throughout the decades, conservative, I'm sorry, liberal voters, liberal politicians have been getting the favor. So if you have a slight advantage, this gap, this, this gap is considerably wide. Okay? As you guys can see right here. I mean, you can see it with your eyes right here. All right? This is according to the Pew Research Center. So it looks like what men are trying to do is saying, hey, when we get a chance, we're going to try to make an impact and go for what? Conservative-leaning policies? Policies that are favorable, at least at least equal or favorable to men? But the women are not, and thus are pushing you or pushing the envelope further away to where now you will never really gain an advantage. Hey, I told you to do Biden! Everybody got that. So this is my conclusion to this particular issue here. There's no change going to be made, gentlemen. There's no changes. There's no chance. I mean, you would have to go out to the vote. You would have to outvote women almost to the point of 70 to 30. You would have to push this so significant to where the courts, the laws, the lawyers, the politicians, the media will see, whoa, something's happening here. Something's happening where men are taking a stand at least to get policy change. But marching, standing out, making YouTube videos, giving information about what men know and what they discover statistically to get them to change their mind is going to do absolutely nothing. It ain't going to change a damn thing. The only thing that could change it are the five things that I've always told you that will bring about change. And those are world war, number one, famine and plague, number two, an economic collapse of epic proportion, number three, a religious awakening, number four, and massive immigration or terrorism, number five. All right, that's the only thing that would help change things. But by then, you'd probably be too old for any of those changes, okay? All this philosophical debate and what we've discovered in marital laws means absolutely nothing applying it to marriage. You have to apply it by making an impact of walking away. That is the only way. That's the only way. Or you'd have to walk to the voting booth and outvote them seven to three. And that ain't gonna happen. All right, either. We all, we all know that because men aren't paying attention and uh, you think we're just going to browbeat and bully people into change. That ain't going to happen, unfortunately. You think we're just going to hold masculine frame and change things. It's not going to happen. All right, if you're too busy to vote, if you're too busy, uh, if you're too weak to women in which you're going to say, well, it's, it's not happening to me, so it doesn't matter. I have a couple of content creators debating my philosophy because their marriage is good which I think is absent-minded. Your marriage is good. What about everybody else's? And their argument is, well, everybody, else, everybody else's marriage should be as good as mine. <laughs> and you're like, uh, are you blind? The statistics tell you that everybody's marriage is not going to be as good as yours. What do we do now? Do you have a solution for that? And if your solution is, well, just do what she says and everybody will be happy. Allegedly, this was what Denzel Washington said. If you're watching the podcast, it says the secret to a happy marriage. Do whatever your wife tells you. Quote, yes, dear, and breathe. All right. If you think that's going to be the solution, well, then you're really screwing us. 
you're really screwing this, guys. All right. This is why I don't fight for change in laws. This is why I'm not holding my breath. I will wait for World War III before I go out there and, and try to tear down the brick of the family court. I will abstain from marriage before I will go out there and take down the family court building by brick. All right. I'll probably go out there and try to take a brick down to that family court and get shot on the spot. Women can do that. Men cannot. All right. Elijah Bryant. And then we're going to play a game. Elijah Bryant says, I can do some super chatting too. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I can do some super chatting too. Y'all do some super chatting and some shuffling. Where's the shuffling? I can do some shuffling too. Look out, man. What you going to do? Coming through. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> we could do some shuffling too. Shout out to Raul, coach. You have to pick one. Smash Lizzo on stream every day for a week or never do YouTube again. No. I mean, can I do it for two days? I mean, come on. I'll do it for one week. Oh, yeah. You did say for a week. Yeah, I'll hit it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I like YouTube. Chris King says, had a male co-worker mentioned that um he only had $15 left in savings, a kid, and he's engaged. Give him the buzzer. Mm. Yeah, marriage is a broke man's proposition at this point in history. Uh, the elites will continue to get married, by the way, but marriage is for broke men. If you intend to be broke or you see your path of survival in linking with women for a secondary salary or income, or you lack income, so you're going to marry up. I'll just marry a rich woman. That's what broke men say. That's what broke dudes say. All right. I rarely hear dudes that, I mean, especially if you're going to be an equal partner. All right. That's what that's a broke man's proposition. All right. Because what you're going to do is not go into a legal contract with this person. <laughs> Black Mass says, confirming coach's message, I'm in Cali, split my assets 50-50, paid a lawyer 17 k to do my divorce, and now he pays $2,500 a month in alimony for 10 years. $25, man, I'm at, boy, I would be irate. <laughs> I would be irate. $2,500 a month in alimony? Sheesh. Yikes. And you split your asset. So I wonder, I wonder, I literally, I, I wonder why. When a man says something like that, like, how does that hit? I mean, how does that hit? How does that hit you? See, what's happening is we're so used to this that we're not even sensitive to something like that. Like, as I read that, that sounds like what I would call a divorce grape. Many men hear this and you're basically like, okay. That would be the equivalent of, and I'm going to have to use this as an example. That would be the equivalent of, and this will never happen. A woman says she's assaulted physically. And a woman just looking at her like, okay, and? Now, we know women don't do that because they empathize and sympathize for assault victims, especially women, because women are, are vulnerable. This is why I was watching a uh, one of those in Discovery ID, and there was a woman who uh, went to a nightclub in Orlando. She was out there on Orange uh, Avenue, Orange Street, 
and she left one of the bars stumbling and fumbling. They had security video. She's stumbling down the street and, and two women see her stumbling and they immediately said, can we help you get home? They said, you know what? We cannot have you out here like this. Now, this is what I'm doing for men. Can I help you? You, you are vulnerable right now. We cannot let you walk down the street. They got into an Uber with this woman together and she gets out of the Uber. She says, there's my house right there. She goes into our house and the security guard kills her. <laughs> Go figure. All right. The security guard of the apartment complex offed her because she was vulnerable. They didn't get her all the way to the door, unfortunately. But the point of that story is the women immediately sympathize and empathize for her because they said, if this were me, I would want someone to help me. Now, for, for men, we will watch men get torpedoed. We will watch men say things like this. I lost 50% of my assets. I paid $2,500 a month, and I paid my lawyer 20 grand, all because I'm not happy. And most men will just be like, eh, it won't hit you. It, it, it will literally, it's like women in yoga pants. Remember when women first wore yoga pants? We were like, oh my. <laughs> look at that, Lord. I can see the whole outline. Oh my God, look at that. Is that a camel toe? Oh, Lord. Remember that? And about what was that? 2005? The first time we saw a woman in yoga pants, we was like, I got money. Now, you see a woman in yoga pants, it's normal. You're like, eh. They all got them. You see a woman in tights, you like, and <laughs> you're desensitized to it. You're still going to look. You'll be like, oh, I want to see the dimples. I want to see the cottage cheese on the back of them. Oh, let me see them cakes. You're going to look, but it, it wasn't like it used to be. When we first saw this 20 years ago, it was earth shattering. You were like, I can't believe she coming out the house like that. Lord, that murder. look at that dent. Oh, because we grew up where women would not wear tights like that with, in the absence of shorts and skirts, okay? In high school, women wouldn't do that for the most part on a daily basis. They would wear tights and skirts with leggings. And then now they're walking out with the whole moose knuckle out. And so now, but now we're desensitized to it. We're not as sensitive as we're, so the same thing's happening to men. You hear a divorce story, you're not sensitive. You're just like, oh man, that sucks. And this is what's um, this is what's happening today, unfortunately. And this is what's happening to the sphere. Another guy says, man, this is what happened. And all it was, we don't know the story of their marriage, but even though what what would he, what would he have to have done in his marriage to deserve that penalty? I ask you as a man. We need to be more sensitive to stuff like this. But you're not sensitive, and then you will overlook it. Well, it'll never happen to me. It ain't my girl. Maybe he did something. Wonder what he did to her. He bit her and hurt. Yeah, it's crazy. We're desensitized to these awful messages of marriage and divorce, and then people will just say, well, it didn't happen in mine. This is where we are. So this is why you can't trust men. And, and really, you can't trust men. All right. This is where this is the point where we got it. This is why, again, the men going their own way is the most 
is the most the, the message that has been the most consistent and made sense. And you know why they're like that. Every other message has fluctuated. It, they, there's somebody that one day they're extremely red pill and then they go purple. OK, one year they're doing content, they're co completely red and then they'll go purple. Right. They're completely um, outside of the matrix and then they'll plug in. Right. You're just like a PUA will be sitting out here constantly peddling. Um, and then you'll find out they're married. And you're like, wait, I thought you was out here banging broads. Now you're married. See, those people fluctuate because their message is inconsistent and not workable. And it makes no change. They say they're going to help you get woman and get laid. And then they're laid up with a single mama. And you're like, what? <laughs> and so what MGTOW says is, guys, we're in it for ourselves now. Somebody says every gorilla for himself. We're in it for ourselves. Do not try to do not try to get together. Do not try to link up. Do not try to go out and share the information and change women and change the course of history. Do not. The only thing you can do, vote with your feet, vote with your wallet, protect yourself, uh, keep your guard up. Protect your wallet. This is the whole message. It is crazy. And that's the that to me is the only one that makes the complete sense. I'm sorry to say. Now you might not agree with everything on everything that they talk about, but it's the only one. Free agent lifestyle is an extension of that. It's basically a message that opens up a few more options, but free agent lifestyle, that's it. That's the only that's the only possible way that you can save yourself because nobody's coming to save you, gentlemen. That's all. That's all. Now, you can still date and fornicate. And do, you can do whatever you want. But the minute you cross into the legal game, the legal side, you're screwed. You, you're by yourself. Don't come out here like Kanye West talking and we need to change and we need to change. Guys, the information is out there, guys. If you walk that line. You're on your freaking own. Nobody's going to care about you. The laws, the judge, the police, the, the child support court, uh, the child support protective services. No one's caring. Just understand that. And no one can help you. I can't help you anymore. All right. Shout out to Eugene Morgan. Coach, if we can't beat these dang XXs, then maybe we deserve to be at the bottom of the food chain. Jeez. Yeah, well, no, we can't beat them anymore. It's an unbeat. You can't. The game is rigged already. Okay. There's, there's, again, you have to wait for a significant change. There's no changing. You can't beat them anymore. They have it to where, um, they have it to where they're in that Chinese finger trap. Remember that little thing you had as a toy? You put one finger in and then you put your other finger in and you couldn't get your fingers out like this. That's where we are now. You have to, you have to wait for somebody else to get your fingers out of there. <laughs> or you got to wait for something significant to happen to get your fingers out. All right. Ricky Webster says best coach with the best coach gang right here. You're on fire this morning, CGA. And once again, French toast props do. Unfortunately, a lot of people won't hear this message because I'm not really over here berating uh, women. I'm actually just telling you what's up. All right. All right. Terrell Clark. Hey, coach, 2022 is the year for no alpha females. He says, um, attention-seeking, lazy, pretentious, hedonistic, and arrogant. By the way, the super chat won't sin when female is typed the regular way. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, we already know.
Yeah, this is why we can in our society see see that like Goldman Sachs is pledging women to a uh, pledging money to a particular group in the absence of men. And if men say, hey, where's our money? They don't care. They just looking at you guys. They they got you so much in the corner now. <laughs> and then those, those women will take money from Goldman Sachs and the government and they'll be in line for a thousand dollars over here and then they'll ask you to marry them. With no safety net for yourself, you'd be like, okay, uh, yeah, we can get married, but uh, why don't I sign this prenup? And then this I is what they'll tell friend. you. This is what they'll tell you. If they do happen to sign the prenup and you have enough money, then you'll have her listen to women like this right here. Let me just go ahead and show you right, right here. I'll show the video. And then have your friend uh, filming him giving you paperwork while you're drunk with alcohol in your hand and like just start wobbling and stuff like that, like you're drunk. And then like when he's like showing you where to sign, say like, like start doing your head like this, like, like you don't want to because like sign language uh, and body language is a lot. So start shaking your head like this and saying, do I really have to sign this? I really didn't want to, but if you insist, you know, I mean, I really, you know, just look like you're having issues with this. <laughs> Have it have your friend videoing it or set up a phone somewhere and like video it without him knowing or have some kind of hidden camera in the spot. I don't know. Y'all get y'all's radio shack on. And so have it being filmed that you're signing your prenup under the influence. Because if you sign any contract under the influence of drugs or alcohol and it looks like it's coerced, it is not considered um, you know, it's it's considered null and void. That's what you're up against. Dude, this is what you're up against. Hold on for a second. Uh, and then when you become stepdaddy, when you become stepdaddy for the guys that say, oh, you can become stepdaddy. Let's see what happens here. I got some great videos for you. Oh, look at daddy. He's not my mama. Really, Ava? He's not. My dad and I miss him. <laughs> Oh, look at daddy. He's not my dad. Really, Ava? He's not. My dad in jail and I miss him. <laughs> These videos. Oh, so when you try to do the right thing, the kids will call you out. You ain't my daddy. All right. Hold on. And if you would like to be married. Sorry, sorry. I had another video. Oh, man. I had another video prep for you guys. Uh, Let me do this. Uh, Where's my other video? I was going to play you. To, oh, you know what? I think I have it here. The domestic violation claim. Where they teach women how to beat, beat domestic violation. Uh, if I pull it up, the show, the show will get shut off. So I can't. I don't think I can pull that up. So even when you try to get favor over them legally, uh, they'll find a way to wriggle their way out of it by going to the domestic violence court. False accusations. Uh, faking signing the prenup under duress. They gonna get your ass. They gonna get your ass. They got every. They got every corner covered. What I want men to understand is, don't think they ain't got a cover a corner covered. They got every corner covered. They running the damn zone four read option, all kind of whatever the hell they running. They got it all planned out. All right, let's play a game. Shall we play a game? Let's play a game. Let's play the game called 
Hit it or quit it. <laughs> All right, hit it or quit it. Let's share. Where's my share screen at? All right, we're going to play the hit it or quit it game. All right, we got three contestants up today. I try to do my hit it. I, I'm going to bring back primer decline. I'm going to bring back primer decline. So don't ask me to put up 40 and 50-year-old women. All right. Uh, today, you get a vote. Your first vote goes to Kate Upton. Kate Upton, let's give everybody a round of applause for her participation today. Let's go ahead and go a little bit closer in here to see what's going on here. Kate Upton. All right, Kate Upton is number one. Go ahead and put your vote in, hit it or quit it. All right, Prime of Decline will come back. So if you want me to put, you know, some old woman from the 1990s in there, I'll put them in the Prime of Decline. All right. Hit it or quit it, Kate Upton. All right, I'll try not to put married women in here too. All right, Fat, flat back to Kaylee. Uh, people will say Kate Upton is thick. And I'll be looking like, have y'all seen pictures? She built like a square block, all right? But, um, and she, w- without makeup, she's struggling. Bro. I'm just telling you. But anyway, she's a pretty, she's attractive. She has a cute personality. She kind of harkens back to the Marilyn Monroe uh, type physique and all that stuff and the tight skin type, skin tone and all that stuff. So Kate Upton, that's the number one. That's pro- that's person number one. All right. She's married. I think she's married to a baseball player. All right. So here we get, there we go. Let's go to number two. We got a lot of hits on there. All right. So um Selena Gomez. All right. We're going to the community, if you will. Selena Gomez is number two on hit it or quit it. And yes, she is legal. All right. She is legal, I think. Hold on for a second. Let me see here. Selena Gomez, is she legal age? Let me see here. She is, uh, what? how old is she here? She's 29. Wow, geez. All right, that picture must have been taken. She's 29? Man, she looked young. But that picture was from a while ago. All right. We're quitting on here. We got a couple of hits, quits. She's 29. This picture wasn't taken when she was 29. But uh, I'm sure she was taken when she was probably 18, 19, 20 or something like that. We're quitting, hitting, quitting. She's good for a spin. She's from San Antonio, so we know what happens there, brothers. We know what happens from San Antonio. I think she's from San Antonio. Okay, we got Selena Gomez there. All right, so number three, contestant number three is going to be, uh, let me see, did I do Kate up? Wait a minute, I'm missing one. Oh, there we go right there. Zoe Kravitz, Zoe Kravitz. She's recently was the in Catwoman in Batman, Zoe Kravitz, right here. Oh, I forgot to give everybody a round of applause. All right, Zoe Kravitz is up right now. She's Catwoman. If you didn't see Batman, the Batman, she was a pretty good. She did pretty, she did pretty good in the in the show. Are we going? Is she she should be legal? All right. I see some hits. I see a lot of hits. I see a couple of quits. All right, we got hits on there. Jason Momoa, did Jason Momoa hit? She's 33, so she barely sneaks in here. 34, she foldable, definitely foldable. All right, we're hitting. I see mostly hits. <laughs> All right, Zoe Kravitz. All right, so yeah, there's our hit and there's, there's, our, there's our hit and acquitted contestants for the day.
Yeah. Did Jason Momoa hit or quit Zoe Kravitz? That should be an interesting story. Shout out to the lone brown wolf in the building. Shout out to you. Thank you for being here again. Jason Anthony coached the Fernando song. If you start it at a minute in Vanda MS. Oh, wait a minute. So there's the official song. I can't pronounce that. So Jason Anthony gave us the official song of the Fernando. I don't know if I can play it, though. Because if I play it, I might get a copyright. So let me see if I can pull it up. Oh, I see. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna download that song because I like that song because Fernando sings it. <laughs> what am I doing here? Oh, this is the domestic violation video that I wanted to play for you. All right, hold on In for a second. Court, the so, numbers are even so this is I'm gonna play the. I I knew I had the video up and prepped. I know I'm a professional. All right, so. Here's the court video that I wanted to pay, play you about domestic violence on how now the how the corrupt the domestic violence court can be how it cannot work in your favor. In family court, the numbers are even higher with domestic violence cases making up 44% of total filings. How is it that a lawyer counseling me, giving me legal advice to stage domestic violence so I get the upper hand in family court when I first considered divorcing my first husband? I got 30 minutes free with a lawyer and the lawyer said to me, why are you leaving? And I said, well, because I'm the one that's unhappy. My husband will not do, not he, he won't consider uh, <laughs> going into marriage counseling. And so I'm ready to move on. And he's in other words, the husband won't do what I want him to do. So I'm going to just pull the rug from under his feet. Did you hear you caught that? By the way, she's trying to give you all advice. My husband won't do what I told him to do. I got 30 minutes free with a lawyer and the lawyer said to me, why are you leaving? And I said, well, because I'm the one that's unhappy. My husband will not do, he won't consider uh, going into marriage counseling. And so I'm ready to move on. And he said, you don't have to leave. Just get him to hit you or make it look like he did. And we can get you, have him forcibly removed from the house, get you exclusive possession of the matrimonial home. And spousal support. Yeah, man. So the game is kind of rigged there too. So it's kind of like, you know, they know how to, they know how to get it to where you show up and you're like, what? Uh, she got pictures. Her friends are telling you, you used to put her in the DDT. I was there. He put her in the DDT. He cinched it in. He did like this and slapped it in. You know what I mean? You're like, <laughs> then all of a sudden you kicked out of the house. Guys, it's, the game is a little bit rigged. Until you guys can work that system, I would tell you don't participate, but good luck out there. Uh, we meant Francisco, not Fernando. All right. Yes. Fernando equals Francisco. Uh, shout out to Francisco. And I don't even know if that's his real name. This is a guy who makes content. I got to find out who his name is so he can get credit. Castigator says, I guess I'm not black because I don't do Biden. You didn't do Biden. But I also hear a lot of blacks. Yeah, the blacks. I see. I hear a lot of them claiming that they didn't vote for Biden. Or <laughs> they're like, ah, man, oh, this is terrible. I'm like, wait a minute. Where were y'all at? Where were y'all at in no where were, where were y'all at in November 2020? All right, everybody now has a oh, I can see clearly. I can see clearly now. They all asking for Trump now. Even these liberal comedians, well, Trump wouldn't have done this and I don't know why. It's so too you got Hey, I told you to do Biden. I can't stand people. <laughs> it just makes me want to drop the hell out.
All right. Somebody says King Easy. Oh, oh, oh that's why. I, okay. Samurai. Yes, you're on to something. You, you might be right. Yes. World is your entertainment. Yeah, 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 yeah. I keep forgetting that part. Trevor Noah. Yeah. I, I forget. I keep forgetting that part. Shout out to King Easy for at the end of the video with the Marina chick who was crying about the 155K in student loan debt. She says, don't forget to vote. <laughs> She said, I told you to do Biden. <laughs> she said, don't forget to vote. They literally voting on student loan debt. They literally, that's why they were voting. They were like, um, what? You're going to get rid of student loan debt? I'm voting. Remember, there were videos I played you from Dave Ramsey of people calling in, primarily women, saying, should I pay off my student loan debt or should I wait to see who wins the election? I'm like, you people are clowns out here. Clowns. I say clowns. <laughs> this world. <laughs> These people, people are clowns. Someone says, uh, Anthony Warren says, so all this current ish uh, we are in is because of the voting age ladies. Or the voting age ladies. Um, well, pro well, you can draw a direct line and say, if there was no woman's vote in our country, we would not have probably gone down this path. You could definitely say that for sure. You can go back to all the way to Jack Kennedy's election, even probably Eisenhower's election. You can look at the voting. Uh, that there were people that were voting for Kennedy. I mean, you want to talk about a allegedly rigged election? There, there was another one. Um. There were people voting for Kennedy based on his appearance. He was one of the first televised president, presidential candidate. And um, based on his appearance alone, he got a lot of female voters. And ever since then, a lot of women have been voting based on how a president looks, and particularly this last election. I mean, it was all about how Trump looked and hit orange man and look at his hair. They literally were critical of his, his, uh, his physical. They literally body shamed him to no end and then they claim women are uh body shamed all right they body shamed trump like crazy all right they body shamed him face shamed him hair shamed him um said he probably had limp salami all of that pause so so women have overwhelmingly that's how bill clinton got into um prominence because he looked handsome he looked apart he didn't look like an old guy as compared to george hw bush he didn't look like Bob Dole. Obama. Obama got in because of his looks. I mean, you can't deny it. He was the first black president. Based on that alone, he got in because of his looks. And women overwhelmingly voted for Obama because of the way he looked. And then he was younger and handsome and, and, that, and he could sing some Al Green. So that's where the votes have gone. And ironically, all of these politicians that the vote went to were democrat po politicians so the democrats overwhelmingly knew how to play the game and they've always almost always put up somebody that looked a certain part you either looked handsome or you were black or you're a female same as trudeau same thing they appealed to the female oh he's handsome he must be trustworthy as opposed to the stodgy old man the republican kept running stodgy old men and guess what happened 
Yeah, Senator Edwards, the same way. Senator Edwards, and he was the one with a side piece cheating on his wife with cancer. So if you look at how they run their political offices, they go for appearances. That worked for John Kennedy. It worked for even Jimmy Carter. Oh, he's a good little guy from a peanut farmer from Georgia. He can't hurt nobody. Jimmy Carter and Joe Biden, similar. Um, Then they went for Bill Clinton, the looks. They went for Geraldine Ferraro at one point. Then they went for Obama. Then they went for Clinton. Then they went for, it's it's pretty much how it goes. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. So with the women's vote, they typically start running politicians based on that. JFK, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's all down the line, man. You can't disprove what I'm saying. All right. Uh, Even people have noticed that even starting with Jack Kennedy, number one. Jack is a is a nickname for John. I know somebody's gonna be like, it's John Kennedy, goat. <laughs> Either way, man, it's all politics. Politics is dirty game. Grease Man, Texas, in between flights. So drop an NCGA, enjoy your flight, and be safe. Horace Garcia investing on a woman, investing investment on women makes money. Investment on women makes money. There you go. Free meat, money, energy, attention, and time flows has always been directed towards women, food stamps, child support, aid, child tax credit, student loan forgiveness, alimony, uh, federal aid, commercials, talk shows, talk show. Yeah, so we know where it flows. They're the consumers. They've always always been the consumers. Men have many, primarily been the producers. And as such, if they can't get it from us, they'll get it from somewhere else. And then now they're getting it from somewhere else and then want it from us at the same time. They're in a quite a conundrum. I think women are in, in, they are in, they are in quite a conundrum. Because as they're getting it from the government, they're also wanting men's traditionalism. They're in quite a pickle. Ladies, you're in quite a pickle. I don't care. But it's going to be tough for you to convince men to do this unless there's a guy that just really wants to ignore all of that and roll the dice. Kay Wimsat, the video of those son women saying fathers aren't needed, eights sad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, sometimes I read bad. Sometimes I'm not I mean needed. Eights sad chronicle our demise. I don't know what the eights is but i think you mean is oh there you go the women saying that fathers aren't needed is sad and chronicles our demise yeah well um feminism was a pilot program in the community this is why you see it affect us more it's been a pilot program in the community and targeted the community primarily very early i mean very early all the way all the way up until abolitionist abolishment of the slaves so it targeted the black women overwhelmingly. That's why you get stories of Harriet Tummy and, and such. And no such stories of men trying to feed free slaves. It was the women, right? And so when you trace it all the way back there, you go, oh, that kind of makes sense. What man story have you heard of a man trying to free slaves? None. Very little. Maybe Nat Turner, Nat, Nat Turner, but he went out dying on his sword. So now they created this image of Harriet Tummy. It was the only way to figure it out. Oh, here, follow the moon, the damn North Star. And then you go all the way down. And then you go to Gloria Steinem. Then you go to the attachment to Angela Davis. 
And then you go into the infiltration of women into the Black Panther Party, uh, which was. It is what it is. <laughs> the only one that didn't really succumb to this was the Nation of Islam. They literally kept that distance between male and female and didn't allow them into roles. And they kept their position all the way until what they have today. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. But then it's always what's in it for us. What's in it for us? Same thing that happened to Ice Cube. That's what happened to the civil rights movement. Okay, civil rights movement. We're going to help us. We're going to march. We're going to do this stuff. And then at some point they said, what about us? What's in it for us? We're not just going to be up under y'all. Didn't take a genius to figure out what happened next. Food stamps, <laughs> rent vouchers. The other side said, this is how we disrupt this. We just uh, will appear to the women. The women are feeling left out in that movement over there. So we'll appear to them. They appeal to them. The community time destroyed immediately. John Brown is a white guy, though. We're talking about a black guy in the, in, in the movement to free slaves. A black male. John Brown was white. Is there a black male that identifies with him freeing slaves? John Brown is white. There's no male slave. You know, you have stories of free slaves, like uh, the story of Frederick Douglass, who freed himself from slavery, but he didn't go back, as far as I remember, to go free them and take them down the railroad and all that. Oh, I mean, somebody named somebody I, I don't know much about. I'm sorry about that. Sounds looks like he's French. <laughs> Frederick Davis. Moses. <laughs> Y'all say Moses. You mean Frederick Douglass or Angela Davis? I'm not sure which one we mean here. All right, so let me see here. Yeah, so then it goes down to Ice Cube. Ice Cube says, I have a plan to get the community out. Then he's confronted by multiple black women. That shot is planned down. You know, it's it's the demise of the community. You can't, guys, you will never be able to help the community out of this particular situation. So it is what it is. A lot of French guys doing the work. Elijah. All right. Let me see here. Lamar Green. Shout out to you, sis. Tell him, coach. Tell him. I got money. We got money up in here. Over here. All right. Where are we at here? Uh, Streetside says, been in awe since young, like 12 at people especially men doing this marriage thing more than once. It never makes sense. Gladly, I kept that voice in the back of my head. I'm actually floored that people will get married more than once. I'll be like, how you do that? Like, wow, you really, like you weren't, you know, but some guys will get divorced and it won't be painful. And so they'll be like, oh, just go do it. And then if they get divorced twice, I'm like, if you get married again, you're an idiot. And they will. I know a guy married and divorced four times. Four. I'm like, and the dude is in his mid-60s. I'm like, why are you getting married? He got married, I think his fourth marriage was last less than three years. I'm like, why? Why at 61? You made it. <laughs> you still alive. Don't do it, Octavius. But what about love, Coach Octavius M? Thank you. Hit that work button in here. Ain't a radio, the fact that men aren't enraged at the about what happened, the fact that Deshaun Watson was found not guilty, or he was never even prosecuted after all those women lied on him, says it all, shaking my head. Again, that's another situation. Where are all these people on that issue? I addressed it. 
I literally addressed the issue related to Deshaun Watson. Not a lot of guys did. And I said, this is significant. This is groundbreaking that a man could dodge 22 allegations. And then I said, what happens to the women? Should there be a penalty? He still got to face civil uh, trial. Now he gets his career restored. Nobody, nobody's talking about this. Men are desensitized to other men's issues. And I want that to be a warning to you men who follow content creators that push you into to legal decisions. I want that to be a warning to you guys, to content creators that promote doing things that are going to get hemmed up, get you hemmed up legally. And don't, before you say anything about seeking arrangements, it's all legal. That's legal. Um, so um, you're not paying for peace leave. All right. So you guys are pushing them into legal consequences. And then you will be, guys, if you get hemmed up, you know what these content creators are going to do? You're going to be like, hey, uh, yo, help me out. They're going to be gone. But I get it. U.S. Army retired. Let the brothers know about the lifetime alimony game that females are taking advantage of, usually within 10 or more years of marriage. And you don't need any kids. So this is where I say people will play the marital clock. They will sit under you if they know uh, this is where my ex-wife made a fatal mistake. Fatal. Because we were married eight years, eight months. All right. Our data separation landed on eight years, eight months. Now, they tried to drag out the legal proceedings to start at the 10-year mark and potentially contest the data separation, all right? But it, it couldn't be contested, all right? I literally made us claim to move out prior to the 10-year mark, prior to the nine-year mark. But in California at that time, there was a 10-year-plus um, automatic lifetime alimony game that some wives will let oh okay or if you break up with them they'll get back together with you to keep the marital clock going and then after 10 years they bounce but california is even changing that to an escalating or de-escalating alimony requirement but you still have to support them for 10 12 15 years and then it will lower amongst the years for her to get on her feet and go focus on her career. So I could focus on my career. But I think my ex-wife wasn't saying, see, that's what, boy, if I was her, I would have sucked it up for another year in, in, in a couple months. I bet you she kicking herself on that one. Because what happens then is that's considered a short-term marriage. Guys, understand what a long-term marriage is. So anybody opening their mouth in defense of marriage and they're not in a long-term marriage, that you can't really take their advice um, 100% when they support it. You haven't been in it long-term. So I was in a short-term marriage legal definition. And such, they basically say, you only they only award the spouse half time of the marriage. So in a short-term marriage, which was eight years, eight months, I only order four years of alimony. Four years. As opposed to if she waited a year and four months, she would have got lifetime alimony. Think of how significant that is. That's a significant difference. That's how significant it is. Eight years, eight months turned into only four years of alimony versus if she waited a year and four months, she would have got lifetime. 
or she could have potentially petitioned for a lifetime alimony. Woo! Yikes. That is a significant dodge. I would have been struggling. <laughs> I was like, thank God. And that's you. All right. So you guys got to know. And as a as a man, I'm telling you men this so you know. I'm not telling you to hate women. If anybody found that I said something that can demonstrate hate of women today, I'm like, where? All I've been trying to do is give you information that you're not privy to, that she won't even tell you as you're walking your dumb ass down the aisle, as I demonstrated. They're not going to tell you how to defense them. They're going to tell you how to get sucked in by you. I'm the one telling you how to defense yourself. What's wrong with that? I would be still living in my truck had I got a lifetime alimony. I'm different, says shout out to Coach Gang and the Gang Ninjas paying dues. Shout out to the paying dues brothers here. Really appreciate you. Rational Irrationality says, uh, what you got to the OBGYN with your girl, um, always ask the doc where the exit is when she's in the bathroom if it ain't yours. You can dip prices wrong. Wait a minute. You're not going to find out then if it ain't yours. <laughs> you're not going to find out then. You're going to find out. Oh, you're going to find out when the baby is delivered. <laughs> Raul says coach is a righteous man and my headphones went out. <laughs> uh, shout out to I Bramble Bush. What's up, coach? Can you show a woman with daddy issues, how to identify, oh, can you do a show, I think you meant, on a woman with daddy issues, how to identify and how to deal with them, and girls with daddy issues, pros and cons. Yeah, daddy issues is a very prevalent issue in our country. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that later today, because um, you're going to experience a lot of women with daddy issues, pros and cons. It's not all bad, okay? It's not all bad, but they're going to put you in a certain position, so you should uh, understand where it's coming from. Not all of them are, are, are going to screw you over per se. Not all of them are damaged per se, but there's damage related to not having a father around. And many of them will put you in the fatherly role, especially with younger women. The younger women I deal with overwhelmingly, I can hear where the daddy issues are. It's a big issue in our country, especially when there's so many kids from broken homes. So Many of you will only select from women that have all had no present father. Some women aren't going to be strong and independent daddy issue girls. They're going to be girls that need a mentor. They're going to need a father figure. I will be your father figure. Put your tiny hands in my. I will be your preacher teacher to the end of time. I will be your father, big yep. <laughs> um, and what they'll do is they'll naturally submit to you. They'll naturally never contest you. You're the you're the leader. They'll put you in a leadership role. That's not boy George. That's your boy uh, George Michael. Same thing, all right. Uh, but you can you can get a good result from some of them. Some of them they are tore up, bro. So we'll we'll address that. Thank you for that one. That's a great topic. Uh, Cognac King says, I'm 33. My ex left me for work boyfriend a while ago. Now they're getting married. Save my life, coach. What do you think about work relationship longevity? Uh, it's, they're dangerous. They're dangerous. So 
he's going to find out that uh, he's going to put his career on the line by marrying somebody from work. I would say they need to separate their work at that point. Uh, they used to work, but not anymore. I think even in the past when men and women married from work, like that they met at work, overwhelmingly the woman left the job. So she didn't stick around. Now, you, now they stick around and it could be complicated. You're seeing each other all the time. Like, oh, you're carpooling to work. Oh, disastrous. Disastrous. So uh, you dodged a bullet. Congratulations, man. Rational irrationality. You shut a feminist up by grabbing them by the peace sleeve. Oh, boy. Some feminists are freaks, by the way. They'll be a freak until the day, until the dawn. <laughs> the CMB 66 post-slave hero, Larry Davis, ghetto superstar, Bronx legend. He says, shot up some corrupt cops that tried to frame and delete him, and he beat the rap. All right, shout out to Larry Davis, Bronx. Oh, did they make the movie about him? I never saw the movie. I think they made a movie about him. Who played the movie? There was a guy that played the movie. I've never seen the movie, but I remember there was a movie about something like that. All right, shout out to Cal Star 74 Shout out to you, ACDC. It was a documentary. I can't remember. ACDC says they won't address Tory Lanez either, even though that case looks fouled up. It looks disastrous. It is not a open and shut case. And, um, you know, you guys leave men out here hanging, just to be honest. You guys leave men out here hanging. And I want that to be a lesson to you. The guys that are supporting you to do a certain thing, if you do it, they're going to leave your ass hanging. All right, they're not going to be around. They're going to be quiet. If I tell you to make, if okay, I'm going to, let me say it like this. I'll say it like this. This is a real lesson for you. Men who promote marriage are giving legal advice. And giving legal advice is not a good thing for you. Okay? It's not a good thing for them to be giving you legal advice without giving you protection. Oh! Oh, I'm going with that one. It's the same as giving financial advice. It's the same as giving financial advice and you're not a financial advisor and you haven't doc signed a document. You should be able to sue their ass if you get into a contract and it don't work. All right? Men who promote marriage and get on here and promote it without protecting you and giving you legal advice are acting as your attorney. And you should be able to sue their pants off if they violate, if you get violated in this legal obligation. Okay, I would sue their ass. <laughs> and I'm giving non-marital legal advice. So I'm giving non-marital advice to avoid legalities. All right, shout out to the coach gang. Thanks for enjoying this show, man. I think I got all the super chats. Yes, thanks for uh, sponsoring today's show, supporting the show. Oh, did the tournament start? It might, the tournament might have started. So you might have missed your opportunity, but we're going to roll with the people in the coach gang tournament con tournament the rest of the week. And uh, let's leave you with uh, some other people who tell, uh, who tell you how they're going to take advantage of marriage. Make your own my husband marriage. will buy me as many fucking Louis as I want to. So you're going to rely a fucking on your No, he's going to fucking spoil me. No. I don't no. deal with no don't, fucking don't, scrubs. Don't. 
He's going to be a fucking engineer doctor, one of the fucking two, and he's going to buy me as many fucking Louis as I want, shit. as many Chanel's, as many Gucci belts as I want, as many fucking Louis purses that I want. What happens if y'all get a divorce? What are you going to do then? Sit on your ass? Find another fucking husband, dude. Is that your fucking plan? You have to be independent, Zoe. Hair, makeup, esthetician, facials, vagina waxing, everything. That is all independent. I will get Well, I'm glad that. that you want to take care of someone else for your life. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Whatever, Zoe. Whatever.